Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip hop that discusses where hip hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And we're starting off this week's episode with some really sad, unfortunate news that happened here in Toronto. Um, a really sad week for the city and people in the hip hop community as two key figures were lost uh, in the murder on uh, in Broadway on Queen Street. Yeah. It's uh, the rapper Smoke Dog from Regent Park and Koba Prime, who's a brand manager for the Prime Boys, a local group outfit, uh, perhaps best known for uh, Jimmy Jimmy Prime, one of yeah. the members who coined the term the Six. Yeah, it's uh, I, it, it's uh, it's sort of like a, a chilling um, event for I think a lot of people because it the 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 what I mean any murder, especially like a gun violence for like a young uh, black male, is just obviously inherently awful. But the the way it happened, where there was a shooting into essentially a crowd in front of a nightclub on Queen at Queen and Spadina. If you don't know Toronto, that basically like it's like such a, a high traffic uh, area of the city in broad daylight on an afternoon uh, when you know and it, and it was was basically I guess an assassination like a, a murder. It wasn't a fight. It wasn't you know any kind of other conflict. It was just like very deliberate uh extreme violence and in a way that i think is just like hit home and and you know there's been a lot of subsequent violence in the city since and uh it's yeah it's a it's just a very heavy dark time and smoke dog himself was a a legend in in the city especially Mm -hmm. he was a i think it was in 2015 that he appeared on the song still with moji and this song kind of marked a new era for Toronto hip hop. Yeah, uh, I remember that the way that it it came to me is that Drake posted a screenshot mm-hmm. on his Instagram, and he the caption was "Switch it up with the left, like Ginobili," yeah. which is a line that Moji says. And I remember it may have been it was either a, a, like a a still image or like a, a little clip. Yeah, and I remember talking to uh, my friend Marco, our friend Marco. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember from episode one, is the reason that we met, um, and we were like, "What?" I tagged him on Instagram, like, "What is the song? We have to find it." Yeah. And then we scoured the internet and found the song. Yeah. And we're like, "This song is incredible." We were just like freaking out because yeah. it, it was, it it was the kind of energy, the kind of underground rap that Toronto had never really had on a really, on a on a scale that ever left the city. I would say that yes. really like, touched other corners of the world. There's there there had been similar type like regional like local hits yeah but yeah. never something that you know i mean never something that somebody like let's say drake would be connecting all these people around the world to mm-hmm. so there's people that were understanding that toronto is 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 bigger and like more than what they probably knew about it yeah and honestly the song is just it is just a really fun like winning song yeah and um so afterwards it it kind of just propelled both Smoke Dog and Moji to some to some notoriety. Yeah, and Smoke Smoke Dog has done a, had done a really good job of. I mean, Drake has drawn a lot of criticism for shining a light on people, but in a way that some people think is more for his own benefit. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's always been the attitude of like he'll give you the spotlight for a second, then it's up to you what you do after with. Yes, I agree. Afterwards, and Smoke Dog did a really good has done a really good job over the years of kind of keeping consistent pattern of releasing releasing music and videos mm. that like connect with people and he had an audience he yeah. drake took him out uh on the boy meets world tour yeah. like in which was in europe a few mm-hmm. like a few years ago maybe even last, last year, year. Last maybe year. even last year and yeah. it was last year and smoke dog connected with skepta and gigs and like yeah. they you had know, some great music together made some music together uh French Montana liked tra- Trap House. He remixed, Smoke, tra- he remixed. He remixed, remixed Trap, Trap House, House, which is like one of Smoke Dog's My opinion, singles. Trap House is the biggest, hardest banger that tr- any Toronto rapper has ever made. It's a, I know it's like a very hyperbolic statement, but I, I seriously believe it. Word. Yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, which is really so. It's just it's unfortunate to to, to lose him in this way. He and was only twenty one. Yes. When he died, really young and. Uh, person that was with him cobra prime 
It's not someone I knew personally, but just seeing the outpouring from the, the city's music community from like all corners, you're like DJs, producers, photographers, mm-hmm. rappers, yeah. like just people working in media in general. It's just like, it's just everyone had glowing things to say about him. He, he obviously touched a lot of people very passionately and it's just, it's just a really unfortunate, it's unfortunate situation. And both Smoke Dog and Cobra Prime have GoFundMes to pay for their, their funeral costs and just assist the family in dealing with their passing. We'll have both of those in the show notes. We posted it in the Boosie Fade Facebook group and have seen a lot of uh, Boosie Fade supporters donating to it, which we want to thank you for. Yeah. And so if you have some extra money, please donate donate to it because it's yeah it's the families are already going through a really rough time and anything any little bit can help and and you know smoke dog wasn't the type of rapper who had gotten to the point of being like a, a, a not even a drake but someone who was like rich you know he was he wasn't not at that level mm-hmm. and uh you know i i actually think that he probably had a lot he probably has a decent amount of music in that he hasn't really ever like professionally released mm-hmm. um, the stuff that's kind of appeared on OVO Sound Radio at certain points, you know that he never I, he never really got to release like a full like proper record mm-hmm. like full album. And I think uh, you know hopefully there's enough that maybe we can st- still get that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like he has some song, some pretty like rare songs that I've heard that are like really good. He's a song with Riff Raff and, uh, and one of the Prime Boys. It's so called Diamonds on My Neck, which is so good. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, so it's it's yeah, it's not like he's this is some like rich rapper who's made millions. He he his like I think I actually I truly believe that he was his best years were sort of still ahead of him in his career. He wasn't like a flash in the pan, and he you know as you were kind of saying he. He kind of um, uh, broke the barrier for this type of Toronto street rap that, yeah, was just like was almost similar in a style to Chicago, but had this like sort of regional flair, had the, the Toronto slang, had like and and ha- has subsequently got a more a broader appeal. And you're seeing other artists from like, around the city, like, like Pressa, like uh, Little Beretti, like Blockboy Twitch. Uh, who are now kind of following the same uh, mold and, you know, potentially going to see more success than mm-hmm. Smoke Dog ever got to see, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So RIP to Koba and Smoke Dog, yeah. uh, two key figures in our local music scene. Yeah. So uh, you may have heard that an artist, another Toronto artist named Drake, just released a record last week. Um, and before we talk about that, we just want to talk about the year that Drake's been having and the context that this record has dropped in. Yes. So 2018, we're at this point where a solid 10, perhaps 11 years into Drake's rap career. And 2018 started off at honestly a record pace. It was, I've thought about this a lot. It was essentially unprecedented what Drake was doing at the beginning of this year. Because if you, if you follow his year from the beginning, uh, which starts with the release of the EP Scary Hours, which is a two-song kind of like Lucy's collected together, mm-hmm. which features a song, Diplomatic Immunity, which is an excellent Drake song, and a little song you might have heard of called God's Plan, yeah. which both of them debuted in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. God's Plan debuted at number one, um, and it became Drake's second solo top 100 uh, Billboard Hot 100 hit. Um, so right, right off the bat, these are two, for me, two standout songs in Drake's catalog, Mm -hmm. like just complete heaters. And it was, you know, they followed the familiar Drake formula, but they were like different and they felt different enough to me as though they felt like an advancement. So right off the bat, starting off hot, followed that up with a feature on the Migos album, Walk It Like I Talk It, mm-hmm. which also debuted in the t- debuted in the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100, eventually yeah. peaking at number 10. I mean, it's really, made, for a lot of people, probably the only rec- song from that record that will have any shelf life. Yes, Narcos, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, after that, he followed it up with the discovery slash maybe introduction of a rapper you may not be familiar with named Blockboy JB, who was yes. on the Look Alive. This is like February. That that came out in February. Yeah. And that also debuted in the top ten of the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. Um, and it gave it gave made Drake 
the rapper with the most Billboard Hot 100 top 10 hits at number 23, like LeBron, like Jordan. Um, so that's February. Yeah. April hits. He drops another song called Nice For What? God's Plan is still number one at this point when yeah. the song is released. <laughs> nice For What? supplants God's Plan yeah. as number one, making Drake the first rapper to ever have a, deb- a, a single that debuted at number one in the Billboard Hot 100 knocked out and replaced by another single that debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So just like January to April, you're looking at, honestly, it seemed like he had something that's essentially unprecedented where the rapper is getting stronger yes. as he ages. Yeah. And um, so, and at this point around April, he announces that he has this album coming out called Scorpion in June. Mm-hmm. Um, things took a turn at some point. Do you, do you want to get into <laughs> yeah. that, James? Well, so, uh, as you may recall, if you listened to an earlier episode, uh, Pusha T, uh, the rapper from Clip, formerly of Clips, now in Good Music, released a record called Daytona. And uh, if you don't know the history of Drake and Pusha's Beef, you should go back and listen to our episode where we discuss it because... Uh, it's one of our most beloved episodes. Yes, we get a lot of good feedback on it, and I think we break it down pretty well. Long story short, if you uh, somehow are unaware of what happened there, <laughs> uh, Pusha sent a few shots uh, in this ongoing what had been sort of a cold war between him and Drake and the rest of uh, Young Money. Drake responds within 24 hours with Duppy freestyle. Then on Monday, Pusha fires back and... uh, (laughs) Loses a song called The Story of of Adonan. And more or less dismantles Drake. Finds this blackface photo that Drake somehow allowed to still be on the internet. Calls out everyone who's near and dear to him. His mother, his father, tells the world about his love child... Uh, at the time secret love child love child Uh, (laughs) mention makes fun of uh, his producer 40's MS multiple sclerosis (laughs) like he just he went he he decimated he decimated him he went all the way in and uh, you know Drake before this had sort of been undefeated he'd beaten Meek in a a beef Mm -hmm. he'd he'd otherwise ignored a lot of shots just sent really slick shots like that it was kind of like the Jay-Z uh, if you're familiar with uh, the song "Takeover," yeah, um, where he, he has a line where he's like, the, after dissing Nas <laughs> thoroughly, and, and Mob Deep, is, yeah, and, and Mob Deep, he's like, "The rest of y'all get half a bar. Fuck y'all, niggas." <laughs> and that's sort of <laughs> so one of the best lines. Yeah, ever. It's really great. Yeah, so essentially what Drake's Drake's attitude was like. I remember he he there was a time that Tyga was taking jabs at him. Yeah, and he he was like he's like act your age, not your girl's age. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. When he was dating Kylie Jenner, and, and he, I think and at the time he, she was 18 or something like that. Some shots at Tory Lanez when, when took Tory shots, was kind of Yes, took shots at Tory. Just very slick. slick which were like, really, you want to be me. And it yes. was like, yeah, he does. And good, like always like really like clever, like yeah. a good double entendre, a really yeah. smart thing. Yeah. So it seemed, and then to, so Drake, Drake going at Pusha, I think we can all now recognize as an act of hubris. Yes. At the time... For me, I was like, man, this guy's really God body. Yeah, exactly. You can't fuck with Drake. Yeah, that's how I thought. That's too. how we make him into six. Yeah. You know, like I really was feel I was feeling it for the city. I was feeling it for myself. And then when Pusha did all that, I was like, hey, we didn't have to go all the way there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know we, I didn't know we were fighting with the gloves off. Like yeah. That. You we know, we haven't ruined this. We were enjoying this guy's music and now oh, it's just not the same. He changed a lot of things, you know. And yeah. and he also changed the rollout strategy for this album. Because yeah. uh, Drake had been working on this this clothing line with Adidas that was rumored to drop very soon, mm-hmm. and apparently it was going to be named after his child yeah. in some f- format, some variation. Yeah. So that's been pushed back. Like I don't know when we're going to see that or if we're going to see it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, because uh, it might be tar- it might be com- tarnished. Yes. Like with with this whole rollout. So that's already like that's push a that's push a fucking with Drake's money heavy. Yeah. That's like. We're talking millions, millions upon, of millions upon tens, tens of millions yeah. of dollars that you know are shifted now. Maybe yeah. never coming to Drake, um, and then the album, which people are hotly anticipating, now it was shrouded in this whole idea of like, how is he going to respond? Is he going to respond? At some point, there was a, there was it was rumored that Drake had written uh, an allegedly devastating <laughs> response. 
uh, and his Houston, his Houston old head, uh, Jay Prince, who, if you don't know, is one of the scariest people in the history of hip hop. Yeah. If you look, if you look through his track record, there are. There's just look through his track record. I don't want to say too much because if he somehow listens to this, I just don't want to be on the wrong side of Jay Prince. But just trust me when I say he is not one to be trifled with. Yeah, uh, we'll put some stuff in the show notes that will allow you you can read and come yeah. to your own conclusions. Yeah, but much respect to Jay Prince. Must respect to Jay, Jay Prince, Prince Jr. and the whole Rapalot family. <laughs> <laughs> we love Rapalot. I mean, yes, we do actually. Like we, we generally do. We really do. Um, but uh, so apparently, and I think in the past, like this is also if you ever hear Drake talk about his mob ties, which is also one of the, the mm. title of one of the songs on this album. Yeah, his mob ties are Jay Prince. Yeah, like Jay Prince is feared in the hip hop world. One of the things that a lot of people probably don't know about rap music is that uh, most rappers of a certain style, if not almost all rappers, have what like a, basically an OG in the game. They have someone who is either visible or invisible who has their back so that they don't get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And this is, especially in, uh, this is just an aside, but this is like huge in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like essentially in Los Angeles, you're you're paying a gang to make sure that bad things don't happen to you because yeah. you, can't, you can't operate as a rapper or an R&B singer without, as they call it, in quotes, checking in. Yeah. Where you're, you're essentially paying like homage and money <laughs> usually yes, yeah. uh, to these people to make sure that things don't go wrong for you. It goes even deeper because even basketball players sometimes have to do that, which is crazy. Uh, but don't come know. to as YG said, don't come to LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-tourism bureau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all this to say, Jay Prince says the song has been written and he told Drake not to put it out because I mean, well, he's why? Basically, he said that uh, it was going to start affecting people's money, people's lives. But it's going to start ruining careers and people. Everybody, people have families to support. Yes, and and, and I mean, which leads me. I know, I know you think it doesn't it doesn't exist. Yeah, I do mm. because I heard from a few different people, including some people that work at labels in LA and like some music industry people that this that this thing did exist. Yeah, and that it apparently was devastating. And I do. I believe that. Like, just, it, would be, it would be have to be more devastating for Kanye. It's. Than I think. I think that it's all Kanye related. I don't right. think that. I don't think that it's, it has. I think that if anything, Pusha is a glancing blow. But I think it's all Kanye related. Yeah. Because Drake and Kanye have had a long-standing frenemy relationship. Yeah. And then no, Drake has the dirt on him. I yes, just, I just, that's if, probably true. If Ye, so. If he, if it's like Kanye is like cheated on Kim or something or like something like that, it's like he that would be. Huge, yes. like it would be like, or if Drake knows some things about the family that Kanye married into, yeah, you know, exactly. like it's there's just the, there's a lot of angles yeah. that to know that Drake could have went into his bag yeah. and like probably exposed Kanye, yeah. Um, but it would have to like the like the what either Drake has underestimated what he's lost from this or the fault he knew that the like tactically the fallout would be so bad that it just wasn't even worth like the scorched earth policy that's what i'm thinking because this is the thing the thing about the whole drake pusha t beef is that um drake could never go as low as pusha because drake has way more to lose he has a bigger fan base that crosses mm -hmm. outside of hip-hop so you have like you know you have like moms and like you know yeah your friend at work that doesn't listen to any hip-hop but they like that one guy who's half jewish um <laughs> yeah the, the like, hotline bling guy yeah <laughs> that's right um so you you have you have people so if Drake is out here playing in the gutter and exposing family secrets and you know saying shit that might affect a marriage, all this stuff, it, it would it would look really bad on him. Mm -hmm. So all this to say, he doesn't re release a response, a, a explicit diss response to Pusha T yeah. or Kanye. He doesn't do much of anything actually in the yeah. lead up to this album, um, except announce the date, which is at the is the week after Kanye's. Uh, five album release in the month, mm -hmm. which is Tiana Taylor album. So the album drops on Thursday night. Yeah, um, it's two sided, mm -hmm. twenty five songs. Side A, side B on some Nelly sweat slash suit tip. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even think of that. And uh, the response has been has been mixed, mixed, very mixed. Yeah, and. Um, so personally, I'll talk about like my experience with the album. 
So I have a have a kind of funny story about something that happened to me, <laughs> something really terrible that happened to me <laughs> due to my response with this album. Um, so I was I was listening to the album. I was like hanging out with some friends. We were drinking, getting a little turned up, Having and like time. Uh, yeah, so, like, so it was midnight, you know, yeah. on that Apple Music going. It's a real scary hours. Real scary hours. <laughs> <laughs> scary hours, man. And so I'm, I'm like, listen to the album, like my first go. And like right now, like you know, I'm 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 real wavy. Yeah. I'm like I'm looking like I'm, look, I'm looking like Drake's hair on the cover <laughs> of this album, super wavy. Um, and you know, I was texting a few people. I was texting James. I was texting some other friends. And honestly, I was I was freaking out because I was enjoying the album a lot. Yeah, you know, I was like the I thought there was a really good rapping. There's some really really incredible lines in the first few songs, especially nonstop, which mm-hmm. is a song that I played over and over again. It took me a really long time to get through the album. Yeah, at some point I just had to go to bed before I finished even. Like, I think at the end of the side A, I just went to bed because I was like I played nonstop like at least ten like times. ten times, probably yeah. more, just like obsessing over the lines and. I was texting, I was uh, Instagram DMing a friend of mine, uh, Brian Espiritu, who's a streetwear designer in Toronto and graphic artist, just a real jack of all trades. Um, and he's actually done work for Drake in the past. Uh, anyway, so I'm, 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 t- I'm talking to Brian about it. And we were talking about, we were initially talking about Meek Mill and his new song with Miguel, uh, Stay yeah. Woke, which we both really love because I posted on Instagram stories. And then we started talking about the Drake album. And he's like, I haven't listened to it yet. And I was like, dog. You got you got to listen to it, you know. Right now, as 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 I'm like right in the wave zone, like mm-hmm. right in the in the peak I wave song. zone. Yeah. Uh, I was like this. I'm like Drake done proved himself as one of the goats yeah. on this side A. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a big statement. So it's a big statement. Yeah. But you know, it's a big statement in a private conversation <laughs> where you're able to, you know, I can I can walk it back in a few days, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I go to bed. Next day, I wake up and I see on Brian's Instagram that he posted. <laughs> Like what I said, with my fucking name, and shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with my name, you got doxed. <laughs> I got doxed, but you know, Brian's my boy, so like I'm not, I'm not even salty yeah, about yeah. it. But I, at some point, I, I, at first I thought it was funny. Then I was like, wait a minute, I'm out here exposed. <laughs> <laughs> like people are probably looking at me like, what kind of, what kind of opinion is it? Yeah, yeah. Listen to this album. Yeah. This what Jordan thinks. This guy, you know. Yeah. So I started to get a little. I got started to get a little nervous about it. Like you know, I was like, and I, I almost was like, I I was really close to just messaging him. And like Brian has a lot of followers. We're talking like nearly twenty k. Yeah. And Drake follows him. So Drake <laughs> and I, I see Drake like his photos. So Drake a thousand percent saw this. Yeah. And I was like a thousand percent. And and so I wanted. I was tempted to to message Brian and just be like, Yo, do you mind like taking this down? Like yeah. this kind of like. It's affecting my credibility in the streets. <laughs> right, like yeah. people, people I respect are like, you know, looking at me crazy. Yeah. And just as I was about to message him, I went to his Instagram to look for it, and it was deleted. Mm. So, thank you, Brian. Maybe I don't know if he listened to the album. He's like, I can't, I can't do Jordan like this. <laughs> or, <laughs> or if he was getting, you know what? I think what what might have done it is that a mutual friend of ours, who's a very respected journalist in the city, I'm not going to say her name, but she wrote a comment, and all it said was guys that's it <laughs> and i think we both knew I, I i think we both knew like i was like okay and i think maybe that's what did it yeah all this to say i still really like the album mm-hmm. um at least the, at least side a i really yeah. like side a and some parts of side b um i don't know if it, if it proves that drake is one of the goats in my eyes yeah uh so i'm walking back that statement mm-hmm. but as, as mixed as the responses, as the reactions to this album are, a lot of people are disappointed. Personally, for me, on a straight musical, like rap level of like what I like about music and what I like about Drake, mm-hmm. personally to me, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Like if you're looking at side A, you're running through these songs, survival, the intro, it's short, but it's a pretty strong intro. Yeah. Nonstop is like one of the standout songs in this album in terms yeah, of just like definitely. rapping. Like, just not like, even, not even a question. You know, he has like, uh, he has some really, really incredible lines. He has, he has some funny lines that are like, to me, like classic Drake lines that are either you like love or they're like, you'll just groan at them forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, you know, like <laughs> he, has this, he has this one line. There's a, there's a few lines I really love. I, I love on this is like, bitch, I moved to London with the Eurostep, got a sneaker deal, not even break a sweat. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, bravo, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, 
I'm a bar spitter. I'm a hard hitter. Yeah, I'm light skinned, but I'm still a dark nigga. Listen, it's a controversial <laughs> line. I personally laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And like, honestly, anytime a rapper can make me laugh really hard, yeah. I'm I'm with it. Definitely. So um and I think also in this song he takes like he takes uh you know, Joe Joe Budden Joe Budden had a really compelling breakdown of this album, which is not something I ever thought I would hear myself <laughs> say about anything. Sometimes he has those the moments of just real insight real insight and he's talk essentially his his uh we'll, we'll link to his podcast in the show notes yeah. like because it's it's fascinating but he essentially advanced this theory that on this entire side a drake is just taking shots at kanye throughout it mm. and there's a really interesting and after he said so that i started listening to the i started listening to the listening to the album again like yeah. let's do that again today and i really see it it actually wow. is everywhere he has he has uh, this one Drake has a one line like for instance on nonstop, which is like not a song that you think has all. The, there's a yeah, particular song that's eight eight out of ten. Yeah, which is the song that's uh, pretty More. clearly about Kanye. Yeah, but he has a line. He's like serving serving up a pack niggas pulling gimmicks because they scared to rap. Ooh, hmm. pulling gimmicks like perhaps releasing five albums <laughs> in five weeks. Yeah. You know, like or going on TMZ and saying slavery's a choice. Yes, yes, yes. So. I think that I think that with so this is just like these are just the first two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we, we don't have to get into like every single song. We don't have time to go through every single song. Outside, hey, but you're right. But um, personally, like, th- looking thinking about the album through that lens now and like mm-hmm. listening to it again, you really hear a lot of it. Yeah, like the song eight out of ten, which is like clearly a Kanye taunt. Like yeah. just from from the production, uh, which I think is a boy wonder. Boy Wanda beat. Um, it sounds like a Kanye beat. Mm. The way he does the he does the hook, and, mm. and also the, some of the things he's specifically saying in the song. He's like he's like, you know, he's like your trainer is plus. He's talking about people. He's like everyone you know is, is listening to my music. You yeah, know? yeah. Your trainer is plus and play. Your sister's plus and play. Your wifey, your wifey, your wifey. <laughs> like that. That's a Kanye echo. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that is what <laughs> Kanye does. Yeah. And like it's just a really for me. I really love that song, and I love that it's like. It's like it's such a good natured, not good natured, but it's like it's a funny way to like to to attack someone by impersonating a song that sounds like them yeah. and doing it really well. That's a great way to do it. Yeah, first <laughs> it's of all, peak petty. Yeah, peak no. petty. Someone else has done that before. I'm trying to remember who. Anyway, uh, it's. I mean, I love your enthusiasm about this. It may it, generally when you're really enthusiastic about, about especially things, especially Drake things, like <laughs> like when you're like the way you loved "I'm Upset" when it came out made me like "I'm Upset" that much more. And like I oh, now I hear you saying "I'm Upset" in my head when and not Drake. That's great. Um, so like, I, yeah, I uh, I wasn't as enthusiastic about it. I'm you know. I actually kind of have been in a, in a had a funny funny take about Drake that I think he's been underappreciated for the last few years. People are like often say that they like miss old Drake. Like I don't know if they gone and listened to the old Drake, but like Drake got way better at one point, and even Drake himself seems to not really appreciate Drake. He he kind of seems almost like he's disowned views a little bit. You know, he's, he's made comments about it being like, I was, you know, unhappy when I was making it. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast before, but I'm a big views apologist. I think if you're still reading this, uh, is one of the cl- best records of the decade. Uh, I think more life for some reason, OVO didn't push it, but it is probably Drake's most consistent end end record. That's got just hit after hit. It's just a mm-hmm. great example of like a pop, uh, rap album that is still kind of trying some interesting different things. Fair. Uh, so like, I and you know people people don't often I feel like actually appreciate that what Drake has been putting out in terms of just quality song after quality song after quality song. And we were kind of like feel like we were getting there earlier this year where he was really starting to be like just having like it was like nothing could stop him mm-hmm. and then this record comes out and it almost feels like uh it was rushed out it was like there's too many songs uh and which, which apparently may have been like even though people have been saying this since if you're reading this came out yeah apparently may have been 
for contractual reasons because as he mentions uh, on this album then, like, this is the last album for for young money cash money right and he's off he's done with them right so it seems like it's possible that he made it a double album so that as a way to get out of this contract. okay well that's that's cool reminiscent of future releasing back-to-back okay. albums week after week yeah. to uh to deal with a lawsuit from the rapper Rocco. Yes. So, I mean, that's cool. Uh, but even still, I think that uh, there are a lot of people who get lost inside B a little bit. Um, I think that Drake the rapper is better than Drake the singer. And I really like Drake the singer sometimes. I think a good number of my top five uh, Drake songs of all time would probably be singing Drake songs. Um, here's my thing. I feel like this... So I have it on good authority that Drake recorded much of this album in Miami. And uh, while we have talked about how, you know, there's this current wave of SoundCloud rappers coming out of Florida who are making really incredible uh, progressive music, when established rappers go to Miami and make music, it is like kind of like the DJ Khaled effect. It doesn't have like a really strong particular sound to it and I find a lot especially on side B a lot of the music kind of sounds indistinct in the way that you know before people were saying that like Drake made was like copying regional sounds and you could say he's copying or he was influenced by or whatever however you want to put it um but on side B I especially it almost sounds like he's making just like R&B music or he's making this kind of like R&B rap music that doesn't Mm -hmm. have like a really strong flavor to a lot of it Uh, you know and like there are some songs that I really like like I I really like the the song with Static Major After Dark which uh, just sounds really like a like a 106 and Park song to me like I I love uh, the sound of like mid like aughts 2000s um, like pop R&B the like Jermaine Dupri, Atlanta kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and that this song kind of reminds me of that sound. Um, you know, I I, uh, I really love Jay Z has a great verse on uh, Talk Up on Talk Up, which is a DJ Paul produced song. Man, yeah. shout out to DJ Paul. You Still know, in the game. Juicy J's been getting all the Three Six Mafia love for the last few years. If you think about how often they've been sampled, which has honestly been ludicrous in the last few (laughs) years. Like the number of samples... And then, as a result, features that Juicy J gets. Yeah. No love for DJ Paul. Yeah. So it's nice to see Paul in the game with a, a truly excellent beat. Yes. I mean, DJ Paul is a, is a legend. It must have cost a million dollars in samples. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, like it just the sec the second the second uh, side. I'd already kind of been feeling that Drake needed a little emotional growth at some point. You know, like. It, it's like his like narrative about like oh like why are you disappointing me you're uh you need to answer your calls and this kind of stuff was getting tired like a couple records ago yep. and uh to devote so many songs to this kind of subject matter it just like like R&B needs if you're going to like have like a full record of it you either have to be it has to either be so catchy that you like are not thinking about the lyrics or you need at least some like variety g- variety and maybe some earnestness like mm-hmm. R&B often goes into like the, like so over the top like romantic and Drake has very rarely actually ever taken that territory mm-hmm. he's like kind of be, try to be sexy but mm-hmm. he very rarely like express like I really like you and I think you're great and then when he does it's like those songs are often like standouts uh-huh. or if he's like really indignant like feel no way uh-huh. like uh, but like I don't know. There's just like a there's kind of mutedness to the second half. I agree with you, and I, and I think that in general, I mean that's that's a very common in, uh, criticism of this album is that Drake. When we talked about this last night, even like uh, Drake has not shown emotional growth, mm-hmm. and I think that to be rapping about the same subject matter, especially when the whole the whole crux of it is is about like feelings mm-hmm. and about like emotions yeah. but to sound so emotionless which is the song title of this yeah. album but to sound so emotionless and then to think like back over the last few years and how consistently emotionless yeah. like the it, it sounds when he talks about these issues it is pretty tired yeah it's like for him if he was just like I don't know. It, it it just isn't. He sounds entitled and whiny. Yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> it's just it doesn't it isn't quite as like enjoyable as it once was or something. Um, it's and also it, like my dude. Yeah, 
you're 31 years old. Yeah. You know, it, it, maybe it, maybe some of this is not these women. Maybe it's you. Yes, exactly. You thought about that. Yeah. Maybe that's something you could plumb the depths of your soul for and then write about that. Yeah. You know, talk about like, hey, I have weird issues with women that I'm starting to come to. I'm realizing that I have a lot of weird relationships with women. Yeah. What the fuck's up with that? Yeah. You know, like that but, would be an interesting lane for Drake. That would to be, t- you know, I, it, I mean, it, honestly, be, I would find that fascinating. The idea of like him talking about his own commitment issues rather than these like girls commitment issues that it's are like, like they're on Instagram taking photos. And then they're saving the photos for later. What is up with that? Yeah. TBTs. I'm anti TBT. <laughs> anti TBT. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I mean, but I think I think there there are some moments in the album where he kind of hints at, like on March 14th, which is the final song, mm-hmm. which uh, most people see as a response to Push a T song. However, hmm. read a story just yeah. a few hours ago from Rolling Stone. That talks to T minus, who's one of the producers on this act on this record, yeah, and Valley, and talks to Malik Youssef, who's a Kanye West collaborator, mm-hmm. co-writer, longtime co-writer, yeah, and they essentially say that they that this song was made before the Pusha T disc. I've also heard this that and not only that, yeah, that the way that Pusha T knew all this tea mm-hmm. about Drake is that Drake played the song early versions of the song for Kanye mm-hmm. and Kanye went told on that nigga <laughs> that that's the story that just came out today damn and it's from a few different sources one from Kanye camp yeah. a few from like the Drake camp yeah so i mean that to me that's that 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 match that matches up with a lot of what other people said this matches up with Joe Budden's theory from earlier today on, yeah. on his podcast and like that makes a lot of sense to it me. does make a lot of sense so i mean <laughs> This uh, it, this like I mean at this point the damage has already been done but this uncork uncorks a whole another can of worms yeah, yeah. if you want to think about like this beef and like what Pusha has done to Drake and like and this like you know and just like what the, I just it, it really reshapes a lot of this 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 narrative in my mind personally I don't like this beef I'm gonna be honest this like I mean it's been kind of funny to see like Pusha like it was amazing to see, it was amazing to see what Pusha could do when properly like challenged like that as just like a craftsman but. Like Kanye and Drake, like they're just not—they're not people I like to see in beef. Period. It's not really like their best mode. We were like, "Oh, that was great that he beat Meek," but like ultimately, beef like can sometimes be really entertaining, Mm -hmm. and this definitely had moments of being entertained. But I entertaining, but I think it actually diminished my overall entertainment (laughs) related to Drake. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Like one of the things that T minus said. This actually ends the story. He says he's like. He was he was he sounded really disappointed. Yeah. Because he's like I mean obviously he's biased like he's in the Drake camp. But yeah. he's saying he's like uh, what would have been a really special moment for one of my favorite rappers is now tarnished with this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like if if he had mentioned this stuff without us knowing that he had this kid and he just mentioned it on the album we'd be like, "Oh my god." Like he's like think of the reaction that way mm-hmm. versus what it sounds like now. Yeah. You know? And I think that's that's another thing about this album is like I'm 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 sure that people the people that are like that feel lukewarm about the production or about the lyrical content or about the album in general, the length. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that that a lot of them are are being completely honest with, mm-hmm. with what they think. However, I do think that a lot of this album's reception is a reaction yeah. to how they how people are looking at Drake. His now. reduced he, stature. He has reduced stature. He has all the slime on him. He yeah. seems. He seems duplicitous. He seems yeah. sneaky. He seems like maybe he's been lying to us his entire career. Yeah. And and I feel like that is like that weighs a huge a huge part of how people are reacting to the album. Yeah. And I, and also receiving the songs, receiving the music. No, for sure. And I mean it's 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 a uh, people have been, have wanted Drake's downfall for a long time. Like if Kendrick Lamar got destroyed in like a uh, a diss track, it wouldn't really affect I think it would be unless they had some scandal that is like so out of like you know character. Kendrick Lamar is a longtime Republican. Yeah, he's been donating. To yeah, him. yeah, yeah. That would be, you know, yeah, yeah. something be, like that. Yeah, you know, like he's like he's got shares in a private prison company or something like that. <laughs> That's right. uh, but like, like honestly, like, and if that came out in a diss song from like J Cole, that would be like very effective. But, yes, but otherwise, like, people don't want to see Kendrick's downfall. People have wanted to see Drake's downfall for a long time. From the beginning. From, from the, the beginning. beginning. Every it's always that's like, you know, people always talk about how like Drake didn't, you know 
didn't start from the bottom, mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. Oh, and, this is another, this reminds me of another thing, which is like the, uh, the, the album note, the album yeah. music album note that, uh, that Drake had for this album was really yeah. good. And it was just all of the criticisms that people levy at him. It was kind of like the B rabbit eight mile, yeah, like, yeah. Drake's, you know, you know, Drake's Drake's moment mm-hmm. where he just like, uh, so if you haven't titled. seen it, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but it includes like, he makes music for, he makes music for girls. Yeah. He didn't really start from the bottom. Yeah. Drake's washed. <laughs> you know, I like so, his, I like the old Drake better, you know? So like people, you know, people say that they, when he, when he kind of talks about like the, his, the adversity and whatnot. It's not like he's, t- I don't think he's talking about societal uh, ex- adversity exactly. He's not talking, saying like he started from like the lowest form of poverty. He started from a place of complete skepticism that he's complete, that he's like faced his whole career. Mm-hmm. Where people just have never, as much as people love his music and like rock with it, whether it's in like on the radio or in the club or whatever, people also are like, eh, Drake, eh. Is he really a rapper? Is uh-huh, he really uh-huh. like a singer? Is can he? Can he was we on a children's him? television yeah, show. Yeah, can we trust? I him? mean, like the whole thing about the started from the bottom thing is like to. I've always felt that anybody who's like Drake didn't start from the bottom is like m- willfully misreading what what yes, that means. Uh, like, do, if you actually think that somebody who has appeared on a children's television show, especially one as earnest as Degrassi. Would make a song called "Started from the Bottom," meaning like I started from the gutter. Yeah, like you must be out of your you must be out of your fucking mind. When he also knows so many people who actually started from the gutter. It's true. It's true. You know, and like you know, lived in a really Tony part of Toronto. Yeah. You know, um, nice see Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, but I mean, and once again, like kind of like talking about his uh, his unlikely rise. He has a, he has a line that references on the album. It's like one of my favorites. He's like. How I go from the six to twenty three, like I'm LeBron. Mm. Never mind the fact that he got it backwards; it still works. Like, yeah. how did how did you know without ever having an international rap superstar? How did Drake become a guy that became one of the most famous rappers in the world from Toronto? Mm-hmm. Like, it's unprecedented. Yeah, you know, never happened before, and probably and is starting to happen more now, and is going to happen. Is it's he's now paved the way. Yes. for an entire generation. Yeah. of like of Canadian Toronto Toronto rappers, yeah. where where it's like the the ceiling. Even like if you look at the week, look at the weekend. Like mm-hmm. this is a, not a rap, but like R and B, like so hip hop adjacent. Yeah, but the weekend's superstardom, yeah, is impossible without Drake. Yes, so it's like I mean this is the thing. I, I think ultimately, you know, I I remember when we did we had an event in April of this year called the Boosie Fade Debate Club, and we had a question about about Drake. And if I recall correctly, I think all of the panelists had something bad to say about it. Yes. Him. All the panelists. Absolutely. And I remember afterwards, you, you said to me, you're like, well, we had one year of enjoying Drake. Yes. We had one year of enjoying Drake. And we're, back, and we're back. And we're back to like be in Toronto like screw face. Yeah. I think there's a lot of valid criticisms of Drake that people ha- that people in this city can have. Mm-hmm. And people around the world, obviously, but it's particularly in the city. But I do also think that I do think that. I mean, we got to put some respect on the motherfucker's name, man. Like, People this in guy... Toronto fucking love to hate on their own. <laughs> they will, they have always, and they will always. Formerly known as the Screwface Capital. Yeah. Um, I think we we retain a lot of, a lot of that because that's how we that's how we grew up. You know, mm. it's just like some classic therapy shit. You yeah. know, it was our childhood. We're not, we're not good enough. It makes enough. us feel comfortable to hate on our own. Yeah. Um, but I think that like this is the thing. Like, so this this is like ultimately, I think for the most part, we'll see how it ages. But I think just based on the way that people are, the way that people have, re- are like, the way that people feel about Drake right now. Yeah. This album's going to be considered a middling album. I mean, I think it is an, a middling album in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I really love Side A, I must say. Yeah. Once again. Uh, and some songs on Side B, like In My Feelings, which is a mwah, classic, classic Drake song. <laughs> uh, Kiki! <laughs> um, yeah, but, but I think that generally speaking, I think generally speaking, I mean, we were talking earlier, and you were saying this is this is like the start of the Drake decline. Which, yeah, I I just think it's I think it's I I've been think I had been thinking this before even like honestly, even though he'd been having this great year, I had this feeling that he's not going to be stick around in music forever. Like I just don't I don't think that's going to happen. He's he's he was on last year. He was on the cover of the Hollywood Reporter, and he's kind of been gesturing that he's going to leave rap and. You know, probably become a movie star. He's producing uh, season three of the UK, the very popular UK series called Top Boy. Yeah, which, which is, is long been off air, but Drake is re- helping revive with Netflix. And it's this is like a to me, I look at this and like Drake is 
despite some strategic blunders, generally a pretty smart guy. And I see this. He's like dabbling here. And I think that he's going to he could be an ex like kind of Kevin Hart type. He's got tremendous charisma. You know, he's funny. He's smart. And I think that like it's rap is not a great game. Like he's still young relatively like yeah, he's 31 keep, 31 he could keep at it for a few more years and still not be like an old rapper but he's he's like achieved so much and I, you kind of feel it in his music it's like what is left for him mm-hmm. because he's he which can, makes me think of yeah, like this he has one so song. many dreams that he has succeeded in but yeah sorry to cut you off but the, he has a song called is there more yeah he kind of essentially talks about this yeah he, and he and he, this is a song where he kind of does some, some a bit of like self-interrogation yeah about his dealings with women and mm-hmm. just like what he's been doing with his life. He's just like, he's like, so like, is this it? Yeah. Essentially is like, what else is left? Like, what is it? Is this all that life is? Is it just like crazy parties, drop a hot song, hang out with some models, you know? Yeah. Like, is that, is that, is there more? Yeah. So I think that maybe on some level he's searching for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I think that, I think we were talking about this last night at dinner, but like, I think that, I think that this is time for after this tour, which he's about to go on. Mm-hmm make millions of dollars i think it's time for drake to take a break mm-hmm. i mean with, with the development of top boy probably in production I, d- I don't know how long before that comes out so he's gonna have to be in the public eye again to promote the show yeah but i think musically it's gotta like shut it down you gotta shut it down for a few years you gotta yeah. you gotta make people miss you yeah shut it down like don't do any features you know what i mean just I, you know and I, I honestly just think that this is a transitionary time in in rap i've seen them i've been into rap long enough to know them when they come around that like the old like kanye drake have been in my opinion two out of three of the biggest rappers of this decade Mm -hmm. and they were in it in the last decade you know drake Mm -hmm. came in the end kanye in the mid Mm -hmm. middle of it and you know they've had incredibly long fruitful runs that where they've achieved any you know any the wildest dreams they've helped bring both of them i think have in particular even more so than kendrick who kendrick is a classic rapper like mm-hmm. he's what people who grew up on rap in the 90s like but kanye and drake have brought rap into the mainstream in a way that it wasn't ever before mm-hmm. and where you know rap has become the dominant pop culture in so many ways mm-hmm. and you know, for better or worse, their what their their influence was, uh, they 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 are like the reason that rap is probably more global than ever, and that like kids are that have would otherwise have no way of identifying with what it was, or you know, uh, like just actually probably averse to what rap was, you know, in two thousand and four with like G Unit and you know Dirty South stuff. Mm-hmm. They were the reason that it became so big, mm-hmm. and that can that can't last forever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the all a lot of the the big artists who are coming out now uh, are so much more sort of in the style of like r- these like regional, very like very niche rappers, like people like even you know we don't like we were never we were like fans, but Exacion mm-hmm. is someone who was like a, in some ways like a. a not someone who was ever going to bring to the mainstream. I mean, he was so popular uh-huh. that he became mainstream because he had diehard like legion of fans. But he was never like some what going to have the effect that Drake or Kanye had in terms of like main bringing the culture to the mainstream. Well, I think also that that it's already there. It's already there, know? exactly. But, but like, kind of to your point, if you think about, I think this is this year is a piv- is a pivotal year in terms of shifting of the guards. Yeah, because if you lo- if you look at the reactions to the Kanye album, to this Drake album, even to the Carter's album, which I think is very very good. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's crazy that it doesn't have a bigger response. So I think that's part part and parcel of just people kind of being like, yeah, you know, we've we've been here before. Yeah, we've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Even if it's slightly new, it's 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 over kind yeah. of it's old it's and i think that's the thing like hip hop is rap has always been like no country for old men or yes. women and if you think about the, like the, a lot of the albums that uh while maybe not the most popular with the exception of a few but that people are most exciting about most excited about this year yeah most interesting new stuff this year you have yeah. cardi b invasion of privacy yeah you got juice world yeah um 
so goodbye and good luck. Yeah. You have Tierra Tierra Wack yeah. <laughs> Wack World. That's yeah. I'm just gonna mention that. I'm gonna mention Tierra Wack on every catch up podcast episode. Tierra Wack needs to release that with you know full we full, full songs. songs. Come on, Tierra Wack. If uh, anyone, if you ever hear Interscope. this, Interscope, Interscope. I know you got your hands in a Tierra Wack. So if you have the full files, please drop them on uh drop them on SoundCloud. <laughs> Put them on Spotify. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I think, like I think little people, baby, people, little away. baby, like yeah. people, people are excited and interested in hearing new voices. Mm-hmm. And I think that the people that have run rap for the last 10, 15, 20 years yeah. are even future future just put out a soundtrack to a movie where he does almost all of the songs. Nobody talked about it. Yes. There. And there's some of them are really great songs. Yeah. Um, I think, but it's just like, it's just a fatigue of seeing the same faces at the top of the game for so long. And attention spans are getting shorter. This is also true. I think that's, I mean, another, another aspect about this is just like, even if you look at the Kanye albums, uh, the Drake album and the Carter's album is like the hype machine Mm-hmm. I think the like the way that the hype machine works now is we like get over the top excited like over the top excited about something. Yeah. It comes out, we're like, all right, you listen to it for the first few hours, like, all right, cool. And then it's like, what's the next thing to get excited about? Yeah, yeah. You know, and this this is a common pattern. Even like if you look at like think about Huncho Jack, like the Quavo Travis Scott record. Which I, I was, think is so oh, oh, underrated. I think it's a great record. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna return to it because you really stand for it. Yeah. Um but I remember when I listened to it, I was like, all right. You know, yeah, yeah. I was super excited. Saw the Ralph Steadman cover art. Yeah, you know, somebody who grew up, you know, in my university years, really obsessed with Hunter S. Thompson. It was like mm-hmm. everything seemed to be going perfectly. Mike Dean's heavily involved. Yeah, listen to the album. Like it's okay. Yeah, you know, Metro Boomin, Twenty One Savage, Offset. I was like, I didn't even know what to expect this. Yeah, still, it gave us some great songs from it. But as yeah. a whole, you're kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, and it's just, I think it's just a part and parcel of like, if just like. Like you said, diminishing attention spans, just like our dopamine receptors are fucked. I know mine are. <laughs> like, I just, you know, it's like nothing. It's like, it reminds me of like in university, I used to, I used to promote parties. I would do events. Mm-hmm. And there was this, there's a sect of people that I went to university that were like kind of like the Toronto rich kid, cokehead people. Yeah. Um, I hope none of them who are listening will take any offense to that. <laughs> I'm just That's kidding. Fits. <laughs> but they would, it's like they're the kind of people that would show up to a party. And they'd be like, they would hang out for 10 minutes and they'd be like, what else is going on tonight, Jordan? I'm like, nigga, this is my party. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. You're going to find that out on your own. Yeah. Like, but also it's like, you've been here for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, like, what else do you need? Yeah. You know? um, but I think, I think that's kind of what's happening in culture right now at a large, especially in music, especially when you, ha- you, you have access to literally all of the music that's ever been made essentially yes spotify or youtube together but like essentially on the streaming sites yeah you have like access to all the music so when new music comes out you can sample everything mm-hmm. so you just don't even have the same relationship with the the albums that you like used to have even if you were downloading them or getting them on itunes or buying a cd it's yeah. just like you just have access to everything so you'll you, you feel that you feel obligated to some people do to, ta- to tap into everything and as a result, you just like kind of don't really dig in that deep on anything. Yeah, you're not invested. Yeah, exactly. You don't have you like when you would spend twenty dollars on a, a CD, fifteen dollars on a CD. You're like, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta like this. I gotta listen to it enough until I too until I definitely either hate it or actually kind of like it. I figured out something to like about it. And I, I even think this Drake album will probably suffer for that, even though like people say that it's like spotify smart or like strategic to like drop these huge records because they get more streams and stuff Mm -hmm. i think ultimately like i don't know that people are really even gonna necessarily dig in and appreciate it maybe what the record that actually is there you know because it's so long i'm like i even like feel slightly insecure talking about it because i'm like you know even though i probably spent uh, like several hours listening to it it doesn't feel like enough you yeah, know? I I agree, and I don't know. I really, I agree, and I think that the way to listen to this album maybe is in small chunks. Yeah, you know, like I, I like I've listened to side A so thoroughly, like yeah. over and over again, and um, side B I've listened to pretty thoroughly too, and I I have my songs that I like on it, like I like Blue Tint, I like In My Feelings. Yeah, um, there are Jaded as a whole. I, I'm not the biggest fan of, but there are some moments in it. Like you know, different songs have different like little like pockets where I'm like, oh, I really like this part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in general, over time, I feel like this is an album I'm gonna actually listen to a lot, mm. um, just because I think it's a really, it's a really, really curious time in Drake's life. Yeah, and a really curious time I think 
in, in you know in my that, life in listening to this. You that know? Kanye thing is uh, blow, it kind of blowing my mind to be honest. It makes me want to go back and listen to it. Honestly, <laughs> you know, not to be on a podcast big enough another podcast, but Joe Budden broke this shit down really in detail, and I feel like probably had a little bit of insider information yeah. to some degree, to the confidence at which he advanced his point. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, and like honestly, since hearing that, which is I heard it earlier today, yeah, listening to this album. You hear the shots at Kanye throughout it. Yeah, that's a They're great. There. That's a great narrative to be able to enjoy in a record. <laughs> so if you if you haven't listened to to this album with that lens on, I would recommend doing. Yeah, it. give that a give at that least a side shot. A. Um, but yeah, I think I think, I think that's about it on this it. album. Yeah. So uh, for our songs of the week, um, first gonna shout out Smoke Dog one more time. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Trap House is just one of the, to me, best, like, hard trying to rap songs of all time. It It's just, ha- it like, tra- the trap sound uh, was kind of in decline when the song came out. And it felt like, in some ways, like, one last hurrah as, like, before beats started becoming a little bit more melodic uh, in the way of, like, uh, Pull Up With A Stick or The Race or something like that. Trap House was like in almost like a latter day like Waka or Chief Keef song. Um, just like, yeah, great song. Um, so, you know, because it's Scorpion Week, we're gonna um, have one old Drake song and one song from Scorpion. My song from Scorpion is um, the one with Static Major, After Dark, and Ty Dolla Sign. It is, it's, uh, it's just a great. Great R and B vibes, uh, and yeah, really strong. My uh, my song, old Drake song, will be um, "Feeling the Way" from Views. It's just, uh, it's like would be such a good karaoke song. It's like I think Views is his most underrated record, and uh, that's the most just just song that's just so good. Uh, we'll love it forever. Uh, remember exactly where I was when I heard it. And my song of the week is uh, from a Miami duo who actually are f- do background vocals on Scorpion, coincidentally, uh, named City Girls. Uh, and they've got a great new mixtape called Period. And uh, there is one single that I really like. I mean, the whole record is good, and all, I think you should definitely check them out if you haven't heard of them before. Uh the record's called I'll Take Your Man, and which is just like one of the funniest threats uh, you could possibly <laughs> give. Like, don't you got to respect me. Otherwise, your boyfriend, husband, whoever, your crush, they're coming with me. <laughs> it's a great threat. Um, so my Smoke Dog song is uh, the first Smoke Dog song that I heard, which is still with Moji. Uh, just honestly a Toronto classic. Uh, just... Yeah, still by the Raba. Yeah. Which, uh, shout out Sasha, if you're listening, and if you're not, uh, Sasha Kalara has a party <laughs> called Still by the Raba, which is very legendary in my opinion. Um, my old Drake song is Wu-Tang Forever, mm. which is from Nothing Was the Same, which is honestly one of my favorite Drake songs, because if you think about how this Drake album is split between the R&B side and the hip-hop side, even though uh, the rap side, even though it's like not yeah, it's all the way split, it's not the most clear delineation. This song for me has some of the best mixture, which is what Drake was known for, like mixing the the R and B and rap in a seamless way. Yeah. And for me, on Wu Tang Forever, he does it uh, the best. Uh, my my new Drake song, my song from Scorpion, is I mean, it's probably no surprise, but it's nonstop, mm-hmm. which I've listened to nonstop. Like honestly, just a great just I just in terms of like flows, some some of my favorite Drake flows on this record are on this song. And some I mean, some of the funniest bars, man. Yeah, that, that light skin line you people, got me. People weren't ready for it at, at Boozy Fade because we did Boozy Fade uh, the party the night after the night after, and it, I was like, hoping that people would be ready and it would go off, and it didn't really have the response I wanted it to. So for next Boozy Fade, you better be ready. July twenty seventh, you got you, there's two songs to get get ready for. Get ready for nonstop and get ready for in my feelings. We're gonna find out if Kiki <laughs> still loves us. Yeah. Um, my song of the week is from another person. Who has been Drake dusted? It is a rapper from this city, rapper singer from Toronto named Ram Riddles, who is still putting out music and has really created his. He has he has his own lane. Yes, the, these kind of like jokey, 
songs that are also really catchy, yeah. kind of dumb, but also, you know, dumb, really funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. This song is called Cheese Man. <laughs> and <laughs> probably I'm supposed to say it in a much cooler way, yeah. but I like saying Cheese Man. <laughs> um, the YouTube algorithm took me to this video the other day, and it, it is extremely funny and just super endearing. So it's going to be on our catch up playlist. And uh, at the this this at the end of this, we're gonna actually have we'll have our 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 Spotify playlist as normal. James is gonna make the Apple Music one, and I will make a title one because I am on title thanks Damn. to the partners. Um, so you will get those playlists in, in the show notes. Uh, thank you once again for listening. We want to give a shout out to everyone who's been supporting us once again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Every week, every week, it's like new people texting or. Or Instagram DMing yeah, or yeah. Twitter DMing. Putting us in their stories. Putting us in their Link stories. That, Please continue. If you're listening right now yeah. on your phone and you're on Instagram, put us in your story. Tag the both of us. Yeah. At Jordan is Joe. So at Rattlebones. Yeah. And like let people know because it's like we, we really want this podcast to grow. We've been doing really well so far. We're growing. We want to keep it at this rate. Yeah. So I'm, honestly, I was, looking, I was looking at where we're getting listeners from. We're really all over the world. We're in Africa, dog. Are you serious? That's got, amazing. Yes, we got we got people in Africa listening. We got people in Europe listening. We Shout got people, out to in, people in Taiwan listening. Shout out to people all over the world. People, oh, Boosie Fade, catch up. We are global. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, so rate, listen, subscribe. Tell tell your friends. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, then they may be your friend. It's true. It's a good way to win them over. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like that, I'm gonna steal your man. <laughs> <laughs> 